It is time for promotions here at the Profits Picks Football Podcast Show once again. And I want to start with my daughter in Atlanta, Georgia, in the Eastern Time Zone. And that is Nails by Amani, the best nail technician in or outside of the 285 perimeter in Atlanta, Georgia, more specifically 258 South Main Street, Suite F, Jonesboro, Georgia, 30236. She is once again the best nail technician in Atlanta, Georgia, inside or outside the 285 perimeter. Check out Nails by Amani today. Look her up on Instagram as well. All right. Let's not forget about the missus. And that is, of course, shopneolife.com forward slash Forest Health. Once again, that is shopneolife.com forward slash F O R R E S T H E A L T H. And check out her newest business, the one that we all want to see prosper more than any of the other ones, quite frankly, and that is onlineandbeautyboutique.com. And that is O N L I N E B E A U T Y B O U T I Q U E dot com. The onlinebeautyboutique.com, heavenly hair, and little man. He checks out the show every now and again with some intro music, and that is Arigato Joey at SoundCloud.com. Once again, that is A-R-I-G as in greatness, A-T-O-J-O-E-Y at SoundCloud.com. He makes music, and he also makes music for my podcast show. Check me out. I'm on Instagram at the Prophets Picks 2019. Once again, that is at the Prophets Picks 2019. I'm on Twitter at Prophets underscore Picks. You can email me. Theprofitspicks at gmail.com and look us all up today. Everybody stay safe out there and stay tuned for the show coming up next. the Profits Picks football podcast show and it is time for Sunday night football results show and I just cannot get it right in prime time it doesn't matter what season it is it doesn't matter if it's an odd year like 2021 last year or if it's an even year like 2020 a couple of seasons ago or this current season that we are in the current year 2022. I just cannot get a primetime game right. I was wrong yet again on last night. The one night that I picked Cincinnati to win, and they completely and totally pee-peed the bed, poo-pooed down their leg, and it was absolutely and totally, utterly frustrating and ridiculous. And in all honesty, I was so tired on yesterday, I literally fell asleep in the last, what, eight, seven minutes of the game. When I woke up, the game was basically over, I think it was, or it was like a minute left or whatever it was. I turned the television off and I got up and went to bed. So this process that I'm dealing with is just so extremely draining, but nevertheless, happy Monday to everyone out there. It is Monday, October the 10th, 2022, and we are five weeks deep into the 2022 NFL season 
one more game to be played. That game will be played on tonight, Monday Night Football. It'll be the sixth of six divisional games in the week five, or should I say the fifth week of this 2022 NFL season. I hope everyone had a less stressful day than I had today, and I hope everyone is having a great Monday. It is approximately 5.33 p.m. Central Time, coming to you live from the Prophets Big Studios forward slash media centers. And last night, we had Joe Burrow versus LJ, Lamar Jackson. And could that game have not been any more closer to the Thursday night football game that we got with the Colts and the Broncos. The only difference is there was some touchdowns scored. It wasn't as sloppy. It was quite frankly, nowhere near as sloppy and just ugly as the Thursday night football game with the Broncos and the Colts last week, but yet and still a low storm, a low scoring game. A total of 29 points scored, a field goal by the Ravens in the first quarter, no points for the Bengals in the first quarter, and then the Bengals bounced back, scored 10 points in the second quarter, and at the half, we were tied at 10. Now, halfway through the second quarter, I was basically caught up with the recording of the DVR, so I had to watch everything in real time. So instead of me doing that, I said, well, let me put on a game that's a little bit more exciting. And that game that was a little bit more exciting for me, it was the Chiefs and the Buccaneers from week four in Sunday Night Football. And I only had the rest of the third and fourth quarters to watch that game. I was already in the second half of that one. And it dawned on me, you know what? I got a few games from week four I didn't finish watching yet. Let me go ahead and just watch the rest of that game and While I was watching the rest of that game, that kept me awake long enough. And once that game ended, I went ahead and deleted that from the DVR. And next thing I know, I'm tuning in to a 10-10 all tie with the Ravens and the Bengals after the half. And a field goal scored by the Ravens in the third quarter. Bengals didn't score any points in the third quarter. And that's the ultimate goal, right? The ultimate goal is to score points with your offense or in some cases your defense, hence the Rams and the Cowboys on yesterday afternoon. I'll talk a little bit more about that later on in this results show, but the Ravens defense that has been kept in WITSEC all this time. WITSEC is an acronym for witness protection. Um, They showed up last night. The federal marshals, the U.S. marshals that had the Baltimore Ravens defense and witness protection program all season long. They just came out of the blue and showed up out of nowhere. And Jason Pierre Paul had a lot to do with giving that Ravens defense a huge oomph. Now, I completely and totally forgot that JPP had signed a deal with the Ravens about a week ago to play for the Baltimore Ravens in their Sunday night football game. Um, 
I remember seeing the report flash across my recording device. And I was like, oh, cool. They're going to really have some defense now. They're going to have some added pressure that they didn't have. Pressure for the opposing quarterback, that is. And it worked out. JPP's effect, it was felt. And it was in full effect. The JPP effect. And you're talking about an extremely athletic young man. Before he had his July the 4th fireworks accident and he blew off two and a half of his fingers in that accident. Um, There is a YouTube video out there when he was still going to the University of Southern Florida, Golden Bulls. And that YouTube video shows him before a a bowl game. In succession, at least 15 backflips in a row. I don't know how he was not dizzy after hitting that many backflips in a row. He should have been a gymnastics, been in gym, gymnastics, because when you watch that video, to see a man that tall, that large, hit that many backflips in a row, he literally starts in front of the camera on the side of the football field, on the sideline, and he just starts hitting backflips. And you can count them. And by the time you realize how many you counted, He's still cutting flips and you're you just lose track of how many times you've counted how many backflips he's cut. Well, he can't hit that many backflips anymore because he has one full hand and then the other hand, he is missing some fingers. But there was a specialized glove made for him a few years ago when he joined the Buccaneers. And um, here he is now with the Ravens and the JPP effect was in full effect last night. It was very, very awesome to see him back on the football field. And the funny thing about it is he may be the missing piece that the Baltimore Ravens ultimately needed to make it to the postseason. And again, I don't know what I was thinking, but my Super Bowl prediction was Rams and Steelers, a Super Bowl rematch from the 70s, right? I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Rams got beat down yesterday in their home stadium, which was overran by Dallas Cowboys fans. But here's the thing, Rams fans and Rams ownership, I should say more so than Rams fans. When you take an NFL franchise from the West Coast to the East Coast in St. Louis, Missouri, for 20 years or longer, you lose that fan base. So if anyone's wondering why there was a loud ruckus while the Rams was on offense last night, yes, I know the Rams won the Super Bowl in that very stadium about seven months ago. But the reason why it's so loud when they're on offense is because Cowboys fans like the Steelers, like the Packers, they travel and they travel very, very well. And those that don't travel, they're implanted in whichever city that the Packers, the Steelers, or the Dallas Cowboys are playing in. I don't know which other team has a huge following like that across the country from city to city. Like there are fans that literally go on the road with their team. I want to say fourth on that list is the New Orleans Saints, but I'm not too sure about that. But I would bet my bottom dollar, the last $14 that I have, that the Saints is fourth on that list. But at the top of that list, we all know 
Steeler Nation, the Packers, and of course, the Cowboys. These are fans that are all across the country. And if they're not across the country, they are in that particular city, one of those four particular cities that I just named. They travel on the road with that with their team when their team has road games. All right. So JPP was the man, is the man, and still will be the man after he retires. I still have not seen one NFL player in college that hit that many backflips in succession. In other words, in a row. And um, he was the difference. And I was wrong. My prediction was Cincinnati 45 and Baltimore 42. I just straight up thought it was going to be a straight up West Coast, wild, wild West type of shootout of an NFL football game because that's what the Ravens have been involved in literally all season long. That's what they have been involved in. When they lost against my Miami Dolphins, when they played against the Patriots a few weeks ago, they gave up 20 plus points, even though they scored the most points to win the football game. They have been in shootouts literally the entirety of the season. And um, the Bengals beat these Ravens twice last year. I talked about that in the prediction show on Saturday afternoon. And in both of those games, it was 41 points scored by the Cincinnati Bengals. And it was that second game to sweep the Ravens in the regular season in the AFC North. That is the game in which we know that the Bengals were for real, for real, that they were legit. And after the field goal by the Ravens in the third quarter, there was a touchdown for the Bengals. And that's when I said, okay, Bengals are going to win this football game. Joe Burrow is Joe, Joe Cool. And that's when I started to slowly but surely drift off to sleep. I started to fall asleep in my man cave forward slash uh, podcast studios forward slash my little media center in my little office in here. I said, they got it. Let me go ahead and let me drift off to peace land before I have to turn around and get up before the sun rises and shoot up a little quick prayer and then log into work. But when I got up and realized that I slept a little bit longer than I wanted to sleep, I looked at my phone and the update came through Ravens 19, Bengals 17. I said, you know what? That freaking number nine, Justin Tucker. And sure enough, Clucker Tucker did it to me again. Not only did he do it to me, he did it to the Bengals. Six points scored in the fourth quarter. Two field goals by Clucker Tucker. Justin Clucker Tucker took care of business. And he's the man. He's the man. When was the last time you've seen a kicker in a preview to the upcoming NFL season for kickoff weekend week one. The NFL literally had Justin Tucker in their kickoff weekend preview commercials to let the whole world know, hey, the NFL's back. We're kicking off the NFL season this weekend. We got DK Metcalf playing Dr. Dre's song from the Chronic Part 2 album. And... 
we got uh, who was it? It was a few other people in that video as well. I mean, in that commercial as well. But out of the blue comes Justin Tucker singing opera. Okay, opera. And the guy knows like what seven, eight different languages, not including English, and he's fluent in all of them. It's a freaking genius. And he's also a freaking beast with kicking field goals. And he kicked two of them in the fourth quarter with the minutes winding down, the seconds winding down. And the Baltimore Ravens won the football game. And the final was 19-17. Once again, my score was 45-42. And I was wrong. Um, Kudos to the NFL because they do have, in fact, two games that are divisional games in prime time to end the week. And if it was possible for the NFL to do that every single week, have divisional games in prime time to end the NFL week each and every week, that would be absolutely bloody marvelous. Um, Sunday night football in week um, six coming up next week, we'll have Dallas and Philly. NBC will be there in Philly. And um, that's going to be the boys of Dallas and the, the birds of Philly. We know that the Eagles are undefeated 5-0. and We know that the Cowboys could be undefeated if it wasn't for Tampa Bay being jacked up on Jack Juice in week one Sunday Night Football, beating the uh, Cowboys two uh, two years in a row in week one to start their season. But the NFL is looking pretty good right now. They're going to have Denver and the Chargers. Yet again, the AFC West is going to be a Monday Night Football back-to-back weeks. So that's going to be interesting. Once again, Denver and the Chargers next Monday night, and then tonight, the Raiders and the the Chiefs. Looking forward to watching my homie, Patrick Mahomie, cut loose on them busters from LV. All right. Once again, I was wrong. I am now two and three in Sunday night predictions. One and four on Thursday night. Prime time, I am now five and an abysmal 10. Four, five, six, seven. I'm five and 10 with third, with Sunday night, with Monday night, excuse me, football included. Hopefully tonight, the team that I predicted to win will win and I will go back to 500 on Monday night football. But I have not been over 500 on Thursday night or Sunday night this entire season. But thank God for the day games. I went 10 and 3 on yesterday in the daytime. Yet again, ladies and gentlemen. And right now I am 10 and 1, 2, 3, 4. Right now I am 10 and 5. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yes, I counted correctly. I'm not, I'm not always that good with math, even with addition and multiplication. <laughs> uh, that's why they have calculators. But very smart with world history, American history. I'm very, very, very smart when it comes to science and literature and English. So where I have a negative in math, I have positives in all of the other subjects. All right. Once again, it is Monday, October the 10th, 2022. I'm going to give you the statistical breakdown in the game in which I predicted incorrectly on the primetime night in which I have not had any success in since I started doing this podcast show back in 2019. 
and it is approximately 6.49 p.m. Atlantic Eastern Eastern Standard Time. Good late afternoon, early evening to all of you over there on the East Coast. You East Coasters, what's up? Mountain time, it is 4.49, and then on the West Side in Cali, in Portland, in Washington, it is 3.49 p.m. Pacific. Aloha to... I almost said Tahiti, but aloha to Honolulu, Waikiki, Maui, and the World War II Pearl Harbor Memorial out in the Hawaiian Islands, Anchorage, Alaska. What's up? It is time for the statistical breakdown of Sunday Night Football Week 5. The Bengals are now 1-2 and two away from Paycor Stadium, and they are 2-3. and three overall on the season your Baltimore Ravens Ravens fans they are now above 500 at three and two and they finally got a home win last night yay congratulations and I was really shocked to see that the Ravens had not won one single home game and the one Sunday that I picked against them they're at home they're gonna win at home eventually And of course, it was going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. So that was just a bad prediction by me. However, before I go any further, and I'm going to mention this again and again throughout the show. On Saturday, I predicted Saturday, October the 8th, I predicted that the Cleveland Browns would lose to the Los Angeles Chargers. And it was my first overtime prediction of the season. And I said the Chargers would beat the Browns 31 to 28. Well, I happened to look up late in the afternoon on Sunday, yesterday. And the final score was the Chargers 30, Browns 28. And they scored 28 points in a losing effort. I'm going to go ahead and pat myself on the back for that one. If Phil Golds ran another way in that game, it would have been 31-28 and it would have been a nail right on the head because 28 to 28, you kick a field goal, 28, 29, 30, 31. But the Chargers never really got on the even side of things when it came to scoring touchdowns in that game. So that's the reason why I missed that one by one point but again my prediction on saturday october the 8th which was extremely late i'm normally done predicting all of my games before friday each and every week but the chargers 31 28 final overtime and the actual final score was 30 to 28 the only thing that didn't happen was the one point scored by the chargers and it was not in overtime as a matter of fact It was a missed field goal by the Browns, and that's how they lost the game. So just an example of how close I'm coming to getting these final scores a week in advance and also giving you proof in the pudding of why I named the show what I named it, The Prophet's Picks. So felt really good about that, and I'm going to go from 33-29-1 to 43 for now. 
and um, I got four wrong. So 29, 30, 31, 32, 33. So I'm going to be 10 games above 500. So I went from being below 500 to skyrocketing over 500 within a matter of one week. Last week is what did it for me. Um, three games went the wrong way for me. And then, of course, primetime kicked me in the butt, as it always does. So if I could stay away from primetime, I would probably have a way better record than I have right now. But two weeks in a row, I went 10 and three. And if things don't go right tonight, I'm going to be 10 and five overall in week uh, five. So that'll be two weeks in a row, 10 and five. Um, I can have two bad weeks in a row and I still won't be back on the 500. So I'm on the right path. I just got to get my primetime formula in check. 20 first downs for the Bengals, 10 of those 20 through the air, seven of those 20 on the ground. Ravens defense made three errors that awarded the Bengals offense three first downs. The Bengals four for 10 on third down efficiency. They did not convert a fourth down when they needed it the most. 59 total plays, 291 total yards, nine total drives, averaging 4.9 yards per play. 190 passing team yards. That's really bad and really low for cool, calm, and Joe Burrow. Um, 101 rushing yards as a team. There was a total of four penalties, and it totaled up to be 20 yards in, in those four penalties. One turnover was an interception thrown by Joe Burrow. The Bengals did beat the Ravens in time of possession, but that's not how you win football games. You win football games by touchdowns and having more points than your opponent. 30 minutes and one second time of possession. Baltimore Ravens, 22 first downs, two first downs more than the Ravens. Also three points more than the Ravens, beg your pardon, than the Bengals. That's why they won the football game. 13 of those, beg your pardon, seven of those 22 first downs were through the air. 13 of those 22 first downs on the ground, as you would imagine, the Ravens still are, or still is, I should say, a run first football team. The Bengals defense made two mistakes on defense that awarded the Ravens offense two first downs, five of 11 on third down efficiency, fourth down efficiency, just like the Bengals. They did not convert the only one that they attempted. They had two more uh, total drives than the Bengals, 61 to the Bengals, 59, and then 325 total yards in the game, one total drive more than the Bengals, 10 to the Bengals, 9, uh, 20 yards less through the air, Bengals had 190, the Ravens had 170, and then 155 on the ground as a team compared to the Bengals 101. There was a total of six penalties and it totaled up to be 48 yards. Um, Lamar Jackson threw an interception in the game and that's when I thought the Bengals was just going to bum rush the Ravens in their home stadium like they did last year, 41 to 19 or something crazy like that. I do know the Bengals did get 41 points on both of those games in Cincinnati and in Baltimore. And the time of possession for the Baltimore Ravens was 29 minutes and 59 seconds. Joe Burrow completed 24 passes on 35 pass attempts. He threw for 217 passing yards. He averaged 6.2 yards per completion. Touchdown pass, interception thrown. That touchdown pass was to the former Baltimore Raven tight end, Hayton Hurst. Hayden Hurst's journey, drafted into the league by the Baltimore Ravens, traded to my Atlanta Falcons last year, 
he then finds himself out of Atlanta and my memory escapes me at the moment where he was before the Cincinnati Bengals picked him up but I know it was not in Atlanta I will give you that in a moment but Hayden Hurst is a beast he is one of the most underrated NFL tight ends that has been playing in the NFL since 2018 he was in fact a first round pick Back in 2018, 25th overall, and I was wrong. He went from Baltimore, from one bird team to another bird team in the South, the Dirty South. And he was with my Atlanta Falcons for two seasons. I thought it was just one season, so please forgive me. So he leaves Atlanta and then he joins Cincinnati in free agency. So that's my bad. Not the first time, not the last time. But he's a beast. He really is a beast. And the offense that the Baltimore Ravens run, they have to have two dynamic tight ends. They they can't just have one dynamic tight end. They have to have two dynamic tight ends. I mean, it started years ago with Todd Heap. Pretty sure everybody remembers Todd Heap, right? I'm kind of surprised I remember Todd Heap. But Todd Heap, T-O-D-D-H-E-A-P. Google him, look, look him up. He was a beast at that tight end position years ago. And um, the Ravens have done nothing but get better and better, greater and greater tight ends since Todd Heap. Now, they did have a period of time where they fell down a little bit. You know, uh, one of those guys was Dennis Pitta, D-E-N-N-I-S-P-I-T-T-A. He continued to just be injured all the time. Unfortunately for him, he had to retire because of injury. And I remember when his hip got dislocated, he had to recover from that injury and he suffered the same exact injury again. So I pray for Dennis um, Pitta that that hip injury that he suffered twice as a Baltimore Raven. I pray that that doesn't bother him later on in life. Um, He had to retire very young, but it was a long gap. From Todd Heap to Dennis Pitta, and Dennis Pitta just was never um, healthy. And then the Ravens got on track again with their tight ends, of course, in the tight end classroom. They got Max Williams, who was currently with the Arizona Cardinals, and that's another thing. Ravens tight ends, for some strange reason, when they're done in Baltimore, they always go to Arizona. And uh, Max Williams followed in Todd Heap's footsteps, went to Arizona, and it was Max. Williams with currently Mark Andrews and I would always get Mark Andrews mixed up with Max Williams because both of their names started with the M and an A first two letters of their first name so and then they you know they have Nick Boyle they have they had Hayden Hurst but Hayden Hurst is no longer with them he is going up against his former team and on last night he got a touchdown reception Joe Burrow was sacked twice last night for a loss of 15 yards. Quarterback rating of 30.6. Overall rating of 82.7. Hayden Hurst, 6 for 53. Average 8.8 per receiving touchdown. The uh, Bengals wide receivers, tight ends, H-backs, fullbacks, and running backs had a total of 24 receptions for 217 receiving yards. Averaging 9 per receiving touchdown. Only one Hayden Hurst. The running game was kind of back and forth kind of iffy so was the Ravens 
But like I said, Ravens defense out of witness protection program. I don't know where they were at the first four weeks of the season, but federal government allowed them out of protection last night and they showed up. And again, it was JPP in full effect. But Joe Mixon, 14 carries, 78 yards as a team for the Bengals, 21 carries, 101 rushing yards, 4.8 per rushing touchdown. Look, after you go to a Super Bowl, whether you win it or lose it, it's not so easy to get back there. So the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs was able to get back after they won the year before, it just goes to show you how great Patrick Mahomes, Jason Kelsey, and most importantly, Andy Reid as a head coach is. That's what that shows you. There is no debate about that. Uh, Lamar Jackson, LJ, completed 19 passes for 32 yards. He does not get credit for his passing game. He has a beautiful throwing motion. The ball pops out of his hand. As soon as the throwing motion gets to the shot putting position, his wrist pops, it snaps, it flicks, and the football comes firing out of his right hand as if it was a 380 semi-automatic weapon. It just flies out of his hand. Tight spiral, just shooting darts, bullets all across the field. And if he ever gets that number one right receiver, he would have mind-blowing numbers. Like, he would be better statistically week in and week out with a number one wide receiver than Patrick Mahomes II. Now, his rookie tight end, Mr. Isaiah Likely, he's six foot seven, six foot eight, 260 something pounds, but he looks like really skinny. If that guy ever gets all of the attention, because he only had one, two catches last night for only seven yards. If anyone can ever design specific plays for Isaiah Likely for the Baltimore Ravens, this guy is going to be the best. And I want you guys to hear me clearly because I just don't predict games. I predict players and how good they're going to play. If you don't believe me, listen to the Super Bowl 54 prediction show as I predicted Damian Williams would be the difference at the end of that Super Bowl against the 49ers in Miami Gardens, Florida. And the 49ers would just be tired out and just could not keep up with them. And they would pull away and win. And that's what happened. So hear me clearly when I tell you this. Isaiah likely will be the best tight end in the history of the NFL if the right offensive coordinator or the current offensive coordinator that the Ravens have, Greg Roman, starts to specifically design plays just for Isaiah Likely. If that ever happens, he will be the best tight end in the history of the NFL. Or if he ends up with somebody like Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, oh God. Josh Allen with Isaiah Likely. Can you guys imagine the numbers that Isaiah Likely would have week in, week out? And there, there's enough footballs to go around in that Baltimore, a big part in that Buffalo Bills offense. Heck, 
I mean, the Bills should know that. The Ravens should know that. They just lost to the Buffalo Bills a couple of weeks ago. So Lamar Jackson was the leading rusher. You don't want that. He was also the leading passer, 19 for 32, 174, 5.4 per. A touchdown interception thrown. He was sacked for a loss of four yards. Quarterback rating of 27.6. Overall rating of 71.6. 12 carries, 58 yards. Average 4.8 per. J.K. Dobbins is back in full effect as well. Um, He had a torn ACL, LCL. There was also another injury to that same leg where he blew his knee out. And it was the, I believe it was the hamstring. So all of those things happened in one fell swoop. But he's back. Eight carries last night. Only 44 yards, but he averaged 5.5 per. Kenyon Drake, the former Miami Dolphin, former Alabama Crimson Tide running back is there. Ravens is a running football team. They got a stable of capable running backs. And the team carried the football 28 times for 155 yards. They averaged 5.5 carry. Mark Andrews. 8 for 89. I talked a little bit about him earlier. 11.1 was the average per reception. And he had a receiving touchdown. Baltimore Ravens, tight ends, fullbacks, wide receivers, H-backs. Because H-back is eliminating the fullback position. It's a hybrid back. They are running backs. They're fullbacks. They're tight ends. They can be wide receivers. And they're also running backs in some offenses as well. If they would like to be used that way by that particular offense. I believe Ben Sharonic for the Rams will eventually become an H-back because he's always in the backfield as a fullback blocking for Cam Akers with the Rams. But fullbacks, running backs, H-backs, tight ends, wide receivers for the Ravens. 19 receptions, 174 receiving yards, averaging 9.2 per receiving touchdown. Tyler Lindenbaum fumbled and it was recovered by wide receiver Devin Duvernay. Duvernay from the University of Texas Longhorn. I believe he's in his second year working on year number three. Cincinnati Bengals defense, Jermaine Pratt at linebacker. He had eight total tackles, two solo, one sack, one tackle for a loss, two passes defense, and a quarterback hit on Lamar Jackson. He was very active on last night. So was Mr. Logan, not Wolverine Wilson. Seven total tackles, seven solo, one quarterback hit. The Cincinnati Bengals defense as a whole has 62 total tackles, 41 solo, one sack, two tackles for a loss, three passes defensed, and four quarterback hits on your boy, LJ, Lamar, Jackson, Von Bell with that interception as well. Patrick Queen picked off his former teammate, Joe Burrow, quarterback for the Bengals, Patrick Queen, middle linebacker for the Ravens. Both played at the University of Louisiana State, the Bayou Bengals, in that national championship year where they were just on fire, destroyed Alabama, destroyed uh, Trevor Lawrence, the current Jaguars quarterback, and the Clemson Tigers. That was a tiger on tiger war and crime in that national championship game. And the uh, Bayou Bengals won that when Patrick Queen was on the defense of that winning team and Joe Burrow was on the offense of that winning team, and Patrick Queen picked off his former teammate last night. It was something to behold. It was really nice, and not only that, Patrick Queen was in full effect last night as well. Seven total tackles. He leads the leaderboard on the Baltimore Ravens defense from that game. Five solo, one pass defense. 
the bad boy Chuck Clark. Love that name. Seven total tackles, three solo. And then Josh Bynes, B-Y-N-E-S, the former Cincinnati Bengal. He committed felonies against his former team as well. Six total tackles, four solo, one sack, one tackle for a loss. He was busy on last night. A quarterback hit on cool Joe Bo. All right. 59 total tackles, 41 solo for the Ravens. Three team sacks, five tackles for a loss, five passes defensed, and five quarterback hits. I'm thinking the number five is going to be very prevalent in my prediction final scores for week six upcoming. Speaking of which, week six upcoming, there will be four teams on a bye. The bye weeks are underway, and those will be two less prediction shows that I have to predict winners in so the margin of error will be greater than it was before in weeks one two three four and last week week five again week five is not done and again I have to remind you I predicted Cleveland losing to the Chargers 31 28 final overtime and the actual final score was 28 to 30 Chargers winning it in regulation I'm looking forward to nailing one in week six, as this is the Prophets Picks Football Podcast Show. Again, tonight, Chiefs and Raiders, final game of week five. And I can't tell you who I'm picking to win in that one. You got to go listen to the show. Last night, I said Bengals 45, Ravens 42, and I was wrong. Ravens won it 19 to 17. Once again, I am two and three on Sunday Night Football. And I am one in four Thursday night football tonight, Monday night football. And let's see what happens, ladies and gents. Derek Carr versus Patrick Mahomey, my homie, Mahomes, the second, second generation Patrick Mahomes. His father played baseball. And uh, I hope everyone enjoys the game tonight. I know I will. Got to go take some pain meds. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Oh, I beg your pardon, a great week. Everybody stay safe out there. This is a wrap on Sunday Night Football Results Show. Week 5. I was wrong. Bengals 45-42. Ravens 19-17. Everybody stay safe out there. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Let's get ready for Week 6, baby. Week 6, Thursday Night Football. Commanders, Bears. Oh, that's going to be a snooze fest. I may fall asleep on that game as well. One.